0: I was really pleased when I listened to one of your speakers who said she didn't use much technology.
1: <laughs> <That
2: was good. laughs> Power to Live More with Joe Dodds.
1: Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows, I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future. But rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold.
2: Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today i interviewing Mary Lennon of Dare to Blossom Life Coaching. Mary approached Jo to be on the show after a met you Udo on show number 31, recommended the experience. Mary is an inspirational coach and founder of Dare to Blossom Life Coaching. She works one-to-one and in groups with people around the world through the magic of technology. She also holds regular workshops in Cornwall. She was nominated for a Lifetime Achievement Award in the Venus Awards Devon and Cornwall 2019 and reach the final three out of 54 women. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Mary Lennon
1: of Dare to Blossom Life Coaching. Welcome Mary thanks for joining me. Hello Jo. So start by telling us who you are, what you do and where you do it. Okay so um, yes So I'm Mary
0: What I do is it comes under the umbrella of life coaching, but like many coaches, I've developed my own style and brought in the things I love doing basically to my work. So I call it life coaching because I believe whether you're looking at um, career or business or health relationships, it's all about life. That Mm. is all part of life. So I very much look at it as a holistic approach in the broader sense, if you like. So I work with people one-to-one. Um, mostly through video conferencing. That means it doesn't matter where we are. We can be on opposite sides of the world or we can be just down the road, but we can still both be sitting there with our feet up and a cup of tea or a favourite beverage, whatever time of day it is. So that makes it really convenient. And I hold re- regular workshops here in Cornwall where I live. Um, Don't usually travel further afield these days. I used to. I tend to be a a home lover these days. (laughs) I I live very close to the north coast of Cornwall, in southwest of England. If anybody's listening from outside the UK. And I'm very fortunate because I'm a short drive away from some spectacular scenery and beautiful beaches. So part of my part of my practice, really, if you like, is is walking and meditating as I walk and just connecting with the landscape and nature and really feeling grounded in this place where I live. And I feel that's a great starting point for being able to help other people.
1: Yes, lovely. So you work from home and you talk about uh, working with people across the world while sitting on your sofa with your feet up. <laughs> do you have a specific workstation when you're not sitting having a cup of tea while you're talking to people or, or is it very much depending on uh, what's going on at the time including your your walks on the beach
0: <laughs> no i do i do have a workstation i have a separate little garden office which is a, a summer house in the garden full of all my books and paintings and, and all the things that i love so it's my little private room of my own which is wonderful so, um, mm-hmm. so, usually when I'm working with people, I like am sitting at my desk. Actually, I have, my, I have a nice footrest to put my feet up on. Not to the sofa usually. So, I tend to be as professional as I can whilst being really comfortable. <laughs> I think it is okay to sit on your sofa, to be honest. <laughs> it's joy of, of remote working, isn't it? I remember mean, working with somebody years ago, uh, uh, he was a great he was an employee, you know, my employer at the time on a short term project said, "I don't care where you do this stuff. You can be writing your report up on a yacht in the middle of the ocean if you want to, as long as it gets to me on time." It was, really, was years ago. This is in the 1990s. He so
1: was a really far-seeing employer at the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I still think there's a, a number of employees who haven't quite got their head around that concept even now, but uh, it's definitely mm-hmm. moving more towards it. I was reading an article this morning about um, home-based workers, and uh, of course, I always sort of think about from this part of my business the the people like us who are running a business providing a service from home but then there's a there's a whole heap of people who uh, i don't know if that's a good description actually heap of people but (laughs) who uh work for corporates and yet work from home and that's you know increasing uh and so it's interesting to see how um that that world has changed you know and flexible working is really key but there are still a number of people who believe that they have to be able to see you to know that you're doing a good job or that you're actually doing the job which it's quite a scary concept, really, as in, you know, you can still sit in front of somebody and not do a very good job, can't you?
0: <laughs> exactly. So, yes, I'm uh, having started my entire career as self-employed, I've never been able to get my head around that just being visible in an office and people aren't actually doing anything half the time. <laughs> no, no. And, uh, you know, when you're self-employed, you're either working or you're not, aren't you?
1: you know, yeah not, which is about you know, what you're talking about, about productivity. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly, and
1: actually getting job done—the job done, isn't it? And and the sort of results—that's that's what speaks um, volumes about it, isn't it? So tell us—you uh, said you've always been self-employed. Tell us about uh, you know what you've done and and why you do what you do now. Hmm. Well, I, I've come full
0: circle, really. I began my career when I'd um, you know left university and travelled and come back to Cornwall. and met my husband and we settled down, and there weren't any jobs basically in Cornwall for my qualifications so I decided to do something to earn some money and mm-hmm. um, the business I set up then was a, a craft business I was making um, copper enamel jewellery and the pieces and um, silk scarves it developed into and some of the paintings that I still do now actually and that developed I ran that for 15 years start with I was doing part-time work as well but then I ran it full-time for nearly 15 years and it was very successful mm-hmm. um, but it was very labor-intensive and after a while i i needed a change it was one of the recessions back in the early 90s really hit my wholesale customers and people sort of stopped ordering but at the same time i was ready for a change so i went back into into study actually i studied for an m.a with the open university and to, to pay for that i got a, a job with a local business research company and that led me into full-time employment for a while so i did done um, various sorts of research work and um I don't know how much detail you want me to go into just stop me if i'm doing too much detail um but my big wake up call which changed my life really and brought me to where i am now was having a cancer diagnosis it was 25 years ago this year I can't believe wow. it's so long <laughs> so <I'm- laughs> well now thank you as fit as I'll ever be um but obviously anything like that whether it's you know it's bereavement or illness or redundancy which I've also been through three times um that makes you stop and re-evaluate your life doesn't it Mm -hmm. so so that was sort of where I've, I've always been interested in people basically that's why I love doing research work always been interested in people so it was that brought me eventually and my first redundancy was a few years later that really introduced me to life coaching. I didn't, don't think I'd heard about it before. Um, I was working at the time within a, a part of the NHS. And the package they offered employees being made redundant, included counselling and a bit of career guidance but not actually coaching. And I discovered it through some, one of these you know, bizarre links where you don't know where you met the person. And I um, had coaching for quite some time with this lovely man who's based in London. And we did it all on the telephone. And I love the process so much that I then retrained and set up my my business now in
3: 2003.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I interviewed somebody uh, recently, Dane Schuder, who is uh, who runs a ghostwriting company um, for blogging. Oh, my voice is going <clears throat> for blogging. And uh, I was saying he was one of those sort of personifications of what we say about our children now. That in the future, sort of half the jobs that they will do don't yet exist and we sort of think that's a new concept but he was a prime example of of that and and you know so are you life coaching as as we call it now I guess didn't I mean it it probably existed in terms of offering support to people you know forever but it wasn't called life coaching and it wasn't a job was it (laughs) or a business sort of 30 years ago or or whatever exactly I mean
0: it's
1: I always say when I'm talking to people, you know, so many
0: people use coaching skills, whether you're a, a parent, a teacher, a manager, you know, all those sorts of things. So they've always been there, but having, looking at it as that separate discipline, which has all sorts of benefits by being separate from your normal life. That's what I find people I've benefited myself from is having that person who's not involved in my life to talk to and to reflect back, mirror back to me what I'm saying
1: and allow me to hear what I'm what I'm thinking yes um, yeah so, it, it? yeah so t- tell us more about what you see life coaching as because I think you know you've, you've started to, to to explain that now and I think a lot of people uh, either sort of dismiss it as you know this new age thing that happened a while ago and everyone was doing it <laughs> sort of thing um, or uh, you know have a particular perspective on it based on their own experience of it and and you know I guess often coaches are uh, have do have their own uh, specialisms or ways of doing of the, doing their particular coaching, and and the, the term life coaching is is quite a a broad term, really, isn't it? It's open to interpretation. So, from your perspective, what what is it, and how do you do that? Yes,
0: good question. Um, it's interesting. Isn't it? I, mean, I was trained in a very traditional way of, of um, developing you know developing action plans for people to move towards the goal identify the goal develop the plan take your steps forward um which i yeah. still use quite a lot um but actually I, the way i've developed it now the way i work is much more about just helping people hear themselves think and when people have that time and space just to be heard be witnessed if you like to use the term and to have that reflected back as i said mirrored back to them then that people find their own answers, and so often somebody will say after a while, I, I just said the answer to the thing I needed to know. Why didn't I know that before? Mm-hmm. It's just that life's so busy and noisy all around us all the time with demands from you know, every side, family and children and work and clients and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just that noise that's all around us. We just can't hear what you know, I call it our inner wisdom. You just can't hear what that voice within
1: is saying, which actually knows most of mm. the time. I love. I yeah. Oh, I love the phrase you said that to hear themselves think. <laughs> it's to just it's a simple concept, but it it is mm-hmm. as you say. It cuts through. You know, we 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 all th- You know, spend a lot of time talking to ourselves, but we don't always listen sufficiently to do anything with it do i i guess
0: no no that's right and, and often the bits we do here are the the negative self-talk part mm-hmm. which, you know and it's getting past that and realizing that actually you know, we're, we're not broken we're not um, in need of fixing in any way it's just that we're doing the best we can in difficult circumstances and there may be other ways of dealing with all that if we give ourselves that space and time to, to clearly see what the next step can be mm. so Often that awareness then leads on to really practical, you know, action planning and said goal setting and those sort of things. Mm -hmm. And the main tool I use, which I developed about seven or eight years ago now, I think, are a little pack of of mini cards which have just got words on, under colour. As we're on audio, I can't show people, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, I call them rediscovery cards because they're about rediscovering our inner wisdom, and I use them as prompts within a coaching course so quite often if somebody's come with a, an issue or a problem we've worked on that and looked at again as I keep saying you know like that action plan which is really useful just to get those small steps to move forward but when you've done that even if you're really happy with the plan you're still in problem solving mode so you're still thinking about this issue so if I then draw a card out of my pack that has a word on it and a colour it's so simple that people respond almost physically before they've read the word almost so sometimes you know the word or i just picked up one that said kindness so yeah what's your first response if you suddenly saw the word kindness presented to you
1: uh i think around children i think about um children being kind or being kind to children was the first thing that, that came into my mind but then I spent all day yesterday cuddling a three-week-old baby so probably got to... oh,
3: I yeah. I'm
1: thinking about going into business offering that as a service because it was very good I could work oh. whilst I was doing it okay. I had two conference calls and I just had a sleeping baby on my shoulder it was lovely yeah. sounds like a very well-behaved
0: baby <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the point, it doesn't matter, there's no right or wrong, it doesn't matter what your response is, it's just that immediate um, you know, the immediate response in that moment gives you a bit of insight into you know, what you're feeling and what you're doing.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean for
0: example I had I was working with somebody on, on video conferencing a while back, this young woman and she I thought I was playing the cards for her because she didn't have her own. And the word came one of the words came out was joy. Three-letter word, very simple, dark pink background. And the expression on her face was almost of dismay. It was almost like, oh. And when we looked at it, she had that feeling that she didn't deserve to enjoy herself, Um, which was quite sad. You know, we felt she had a busy life. You know, she's a working mother, young child, husband, business, clients. And what we did then was some time management work with her. Yeah. And how to give herself some time just by herself. Know, time with her son time with her husband time with both of them and still be able to do all the things she needed to do mm-hmm. but that, that awareness where she felt her reaction to it, it's
1: really powerful it's more powerful than words to start with in many ways and what what would she have been thinking on the sort of top level because i think as you said that's interesting that it, it sort of it cuts cuts deep was she just feeling overwhelmed or thinking that she needed some direction or or I'm just making that up? (laughs) I think so. I mean, originally she'd come for the coaching because of
0: all that. She had lots of things she wanted to do. Her business was going really well. And um, I think I don't know it's a few years ago now. It was something about what having this new product she wanted to, to develop and how to yeah. bring those in and find time for that as well. And she, feels just, she felt she was just sort of treading water and she wasn't really developing and, and really enjoying her work anymore. It's about the yeah. work as well. Yeah, um, yeah, that was the reason. But of course, you know, as you probably experienced, you know, lots of people come for coaching with what they see as particular things they want to look at and that's again that's why i call it life coaching because often when you unpick it all all sorts of other things underneath be yeah. looking at and, um, and that's the other thing to say really i'm very aware of the boundaries between coaching and counseling disciplines yes and um, i've done a bit of counseling training and I, I found out about life coaching and decided that was much more for me it's much more forward moving <laughs> And Mm -hmm. uh, in some ways but often they work very well alongside each other i use them both at the same time myself um but sometimes people need to go for the counseling first to get themselves on a stable place to then enter into coaching and the best to get the best possible out of it yeah i'm aware of, of that because again the simple counseling is more about looking at things from the past and helping you deal with it fixing that in a certain degree whereas i feel you know the best place to come to coaching for is when you don't feel there's anything wrong we just want to be even better than you are
1: Yes, yeah, yeah and have you got any uh, tips for people who are looking for a coach as to how they should approach that talk to them i would say absolutely talk to them all, ideally on video so you can see
0: each other or meet them in person of course if mm. that's possible because I feel it's so much a personal relationship. It's a professional relationship, but it's about chemistry. It's about, you don't have to like each other, actually, at all. We just have to be able to work together and have that total honesty and trust that's needed for it to really work. Because if the, if the person being coached is hiding anything from other people, probably from themselves, you won't then get to the, the true root of things and be able to help them
1: change and Maybe would be the best that they want to be. Yes, yeah. It's interesting you say people don't need to particularly like each other or or I was going to say or well, get on. I suppose they have to get on. But uh, what is I don't know uh, at the sort of initial level thinking about that. That sort of sounds logical, but I can't imagine that that I would have thought of that. It feels like you probably do feel i don't know that, that i would if i was going to go and ask someone to be my coach that i'd want them that i'd want to like them but why do you say yeah. it doesn't, you don't have to um
0: i think it'd be maybe they wouldn't be somebody you'd choose as a, a personal friend i've worked with right. some people yeah. very different to me very challenging to me because they're so different yes um, and sometimes they've chosen me as their coach because of that you know because that's one Sunday i worked with we did an exchange actually i think you know, we both know you both used each other's programs, but at different times, that's right, yeah. each other up to a professional level. Um, but she, she said at different times that she's partly chosen me because she's a very bumptious, lively, extrovert person, and I'm quite the opposite in some ways. Yeah. Um, and she chosen me because she wanted to be drawn down into the quietness and you know, the feel that she was getting away from her very active. Um, very active way of analysing things and she yes. yeah and she did she, she's a brilliant coach she's very good at analysing herself if you like but she does you know, she processes things by speaking them and sometimes yeah. I say well let's just tune in to yourself first and feel it rather than speaking it and see what comes. Yes. Really yeah. Helpful. So it wasn't what well, I do like that person we like each other a lot. It's, it's, mm. interesting, isn't it? it's interesting. I said that I'm not quite sure why I said it but it is does no, I
1: think yeah I, I just wanted to, to to push that push that point really I because I actually now I've thought about it <laughs> since you've just said it uh I think that's probably I think for me I, I it's not about like maybe that's not the right word but I'm I always think I'm not very good at being coached because I don't like being challenged and I don't like <laughs> having to account for myself to other people my <laughs> my daughter who does the intros on on here is is much the same. And I was laughing this week because she's um she's just got a distinction in her singing exam. And I hadn't seen heard her sing until the night before the exam. Um, because I've tried to stop hassling her to do her practice. I want her to take responsibility for what she's doing. And as it turns out, she's been secretly practicing in her head and I guess when I'm not around, because I haven't heard her at all. <laughs> and yet when I heard her the night before, her voice had absolutely massively improved in the three months since I last heard her sing Um, which reminded me you know that that what I'm doing in terms of backing off is the right thing to do Um, which is a learning point in itself but the reason for doing that is on having had discussions with my mother-in-law about how I am I realized that that's what she's like and therefore I need to sort of do that with her but what that means for me from a coaching point of view is that I'd need somebody who would push me and would make stuff happen rather than um, me driving it, if you like, um, because I don't, I'd I'd, I'd fight against it all the time. So actually if I had somebody who was really nice and friendly and I got on with really well, I don't think it would work because I wouldn't want to do the work, if you like. So I sort of need somebody who's going to be a bit officious and actually I probably wouldn't, you know, entirely like them. (laughs) But that would what be what I'd need. So I think actually you're right. You don't have to, you know, and probably not thinking the same as the person you're talking to is probably a good thing, isn't it? Exactly,
0: exactly. And it's um, something about that. There's a bit of a distance. I don't. I wouldn't yes. coach a very close friend or a family member. Member, I would refer them to somebody else. I don't think that would be quite ethical anyway. But it's, yeah, I mean, obviously we have conversations which are actually coaching conversations, but that's a different thing. Yeah, There's something yeah, yeah. about. Um, i mean obviously you know, i care greatly about what happens in my clients lives but i'm not affected by it no it's their thoughts of what actions they take from the discussions that we have so i'm not attached in any way like that so it's just that separation which is so valuable isn't it in mm.
1: yeah and it is it's that distance as you say and i i have a tendency to to very quickly build relationships that's part of what what i generally do and i think i that's why I'd need somebody who I wouldn't want to build a relationship with in some ways. Otherwise, it would be it would compromise perhaps the working relationship ultimately uh, sort of thing. So, yeah, maybe it's not as simple as you don't have to like each other. But it is about, you know, as you say, maintaining that distance in whatever shape or form that that is for it to be most successful. Hmm. Interesting. So, so you touched on your differences to, to the friend that you're talking about who you've, um, you know, coached each other uh, about you being sort of more about feeling and sort of more internal. Tell us a bit more about that in terms of running a business and and, and you know, working in quite an isolated place, but also working, you know, with people. Mm.
0: It's interesting. I mean, it's only a, a few years ago that I re- realised I've probably come under the introvert on that introverted end of the scale. Anyway, mm. um, and that was through um, through reading um, uh, the Quiet book. I've got, much, I've got it I've written down here. Susan, think, Kane. Susan
1: uh, Cain. Susan Cain.
0: Yes, Quiet. Yep. But the, um, the power of introverts in a world that won't stop talking. I think something yes. like that. Yeah. We, yeah. We just realised, and her point is that the world of work at the moment anyway has been set up really for extroverts and you yeah. know, those that shout out loud just get most And That's what you're expected to do in terms of how you market yourself or how you train people and all those different things. But actually that's that's one way of doing things but there's other ways of doing it which really can be valid and sometimes more useful to particular people. Yeah. And you know after years and years of feeling that there was something wrong because I wasn't able to be like that even having a very extroverted older sister who uh, that's how i see her she may not see herself that way of course but it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's interesting but you know what people tell me now as i've gone through and i've become come really confident of what i do because i know it works and um you know and people do find that i push them enough usually for their what they need to be pushed for. There's something about the, the simple definition I like is that introverts, to recharge their energy, they go somewhere quiet with a book or out in nature, like I do. Whereas extroverts tend to recharge by being with people and enjoying that sociability and noise and chat and all those things.
1: Absolutely, and I think that that's the key thing, isn't it? And I think some of the issue around introvert extrovert has been caused by um um, the myth that it's about being loud and noisy or quiet and that's what the definition of those things are but as you say it's actually about how you get your energy isn't it exactly
0: exactly and i can be quiet i can be noisy when i want to be and my husband Mm. will say i never never stop talking which isn't quite true yes and uh, you know there's those are extremes and you know it's a huge generalization so it's different and i'm, you know, I'm just enjoy the event i'm going to tomorrow night very much when i get there but it's very it's very much about that i know that i need quiet time mm. but too much quiet time you know if i'm isolated for too long um, i start going too much within myself so it's all about a balance
1: mm-hmm. and i bet you'll take a bit of recovery time on saturday having expended all that energy with people on friday night uh, because of that yeah I mean again people don't think I'm introverted but I spend so much time on my own um, and you know use that time to to get my energy and then you know when I am in public I am you know hostess with the mostest and I talk a lot and I'm loud and noisy and I present and you know chair conferences and all that sort of stuff but actually the recovery time afterwards is quite considerable I went to an event recently where I was chairing all day and oh the next couple of days i was absolutely exhausted um whereas there are fr- i've got friends who you know make arrangement after arrangement after arrangement because that's what gets them going that's their energy accumulation and that just for me would just be like oh <laughs> exactly exactly so it, it isn't as it isn't as cut
3: and
0: dried you know introverted people aren't quiet or shy or any of those things lacking in confidence it's just
1: that difference that we are yeah. charged by having quiet time yeah exactly yeah so tell us more about what's happening tomorrow night which will have happened by the time this is uh, this is aired and so we will uh, let people know more on on the uh, show notes but uh, tell us tell us what's what you've achieved so far
0: (laughs) Uh, yes yes something called the venus awards for women and um was nominated for the devon cornwall area awards and i've known about it for a long time because i know the the woman who runs it locally um i'm not somebody who puts myself in for awards i've looked at them every so often but uh, i don't think i want to do that (laughs) because having been nominated then you feel the responsibility and they've done it anonymously so i don't know who it was but i feel felt a responsibility to then follow it up so you have to fill out all these questions about yourself and submit the application and there's been three stages so three uh, explain the stage i can't count how many are first of all in my of lifetime achievement there's about 10 or 12 different categories so some of them are very business related so sort of startup of the year and um networker of the year and those sort of things um and there's some that are specific they've got women in construction one which is great um all sorts of things inspirational women young business woman um business mother of the year all sorts of sort of combining how people combine their life and their business sort of the focus rather than the traditional business wards which are more about turnover and employing people and all those things so but I love these sort of ethos of it um, but I was nominated in two categories inspirational woman and lifetime achievement so the first stage is when they announced the semi-finalists so I didn't get through in the inspirational woman one there was, there was 75 nominations or something huh. I think in the um, Lifetime Achievement and there was 54 in that one Um, so a few weeks later they had another event where they announced the finalists so so that first event was an evening event, it was very very full, it was oversubscribed the event, very hot and noisy and it was exactly as we were just talking about, I really didn't feel, I was enjoying it very much Um, the second one was a beautiful country house, and it was a cream tea in the afternoon so it was lovely, much more my style, Um, (laughs) got through that one as well so now there are three of us in each category and tomorrow night is the grand gala awards ceremony so a bit like the oscars um, <laughs> and it's, uh, a country hotel golf club sort of place and it's, you know, it's a black tie and long dresses do which uh, being a country girl who normally goes out in wellies and jeans it's even challenged <laughs> <laughs> and fun to find them after, i think once i got the dress i've had fun finding accessories and you know all that um so yeah so then we uh, the, the other challenge for me tomorrow is going to be the, the lifetime achievement is announced last so it's the end of the evening so it's going to be about half past oh, 10 or so pressure um, <laughs> you yeah, know, a is pacing myself indulging in the bubbly and that sort of thing <laughs> i don't want to do. Be- It just in case I get through, Um, but I will be doing anyway because one thing about being a lifetime Achievement award, you tend to have had quite a while to realise that um, hangovers get worse when you get a bit older. (laughs) Not a very good idea to (laughs) overindulge.
1: So, um, you I could think do one, that's one of those really long acceptance speeches that uh, gets more publicity than the actual award
0: well, exactly. yes i think hopefully the organizers are going to be good and stop people doing that otherwise it might be midnight before they get to our category <laughs> yeah that's
1: true and <laughs> and all of your all of your um planning on the drinking front won't have will have been to no avail <laughs> with an extra that's three fine. hours yeah. oh, um, well best of luck it sounds like um it sounds like a great achievement already just to be in the the final three, so uh, that's just such such a a, a a great accolade. But yeah, best of luck for tomorrow. I hope it's uh, hope it's good news. Well,
0: either way, I think being nominated is the prize, really. It's been thought of, and somebody feel that they wanted to take the trouble to write a whole lot of stuff for you and nominate you. So that's really nice.
1: Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, lovely. So we, we've talked a lot about um, what you do and why you do it. We haven't um, touched on how you do it, uh, in terms of you talked about using technology to sort of work across the world. What sort of tools and apps are you using in your business currently? Okay. I was really
0: pleased when I listened to one of your speakers who said she didn't use much technology. <laughs> <It's> good. <laughs> So, um, so my paper diary I use a lot. Um, so I use Zoom video conferencing is the, the main tool I use for the for talking to people. I love how that works because I do it all on video, so we can see each other. and I can record it and people can re-watch it. That's the other great thing about using that is that it's quite uncomfortable seeing yourself again sometimes. Yeah. Um, as we know, even hearing ourselves, that is a huge value in watching yourself, having time to think and articulating your words. And often, I know I do because my coach introduced me to that method of working, and um, you know, I've really got a lot from hearing myself thinking through her questions and through her listening to her responses again later so that i find is really crucial you know to how i work now yeah um, diary and i still use notebooks and journals a lot i have a daily book just with lists in it to prioritize you know what i've got to do first because i have a lot of busy things i juggle to promote the business so i've you know, newsletters and um, active facebook groups so i run online um group coaching as well i have one starting next week on the 1st of april where a group we get together and again they're all around the world At the moment we've got america and the uk represented last year i ran one we had somebody from australia as well so we're time zones but it's, it's really um just such a powerful thing to get together regularly And that group last year and they're beginning to do it this year too they went through the whole year with me we do every other month i have a theme and we work through various activities that i've planned for people in daily prompts And the key part of all of it is the weekly meeting on friday mornings and just that getting together and sharing and witnessing for each other and developing the trust and support for each other and and just hearing just listening to each other again it's it's not about sometimes people offer ideas but it's more about just being there and being seen and being heard
1: And what about um, learning and improving yourself? It sounds like having that community of people around you is probably helping you as much as it's helping them. Do you have any specific um, strategies, if you like, for, for continuing to develop? Hmm.
0: Well, I, I work with a, a regular coach myself. Um, That's good to know. Yes, <laughs> so I feel it's rather strange when people don't, if they call themselves a coach, to be honest. <laughs> because mm-hmm. yeah, I'm passionate about the value of it, so why wouldn't I offer myself that too? I invest yeah. quite a lot in my own, you know, professional and personal development. Um, so I have somebody I work with regularly. And I also do exchanges with some other coaches. Um, Occasionally, one, one person we speak every month, one, another person we speak about once a quarter in America. And just getting that variety of different approaches and different ways of working um, I find it really useful. And Occasionally, I'll do a program with somebody or a course or something online as well so um i've more or less decided not unless anything really strikes my fancy to take any more formal qualifications i spent years and years doing all that yes (laughs) yeah and um so i find those sort of ways are more you know informal things like ted talks and just following up and and reading um just really following where where my interest goes to try to be a little bit disciplined about it so I try to finish things and learn some things from it but it's, it's it's almost as too much these days that we could could potentially benefit from but you can't read or see or watch
1: or listen to everything <laughs> to no. <laughs> that's true that's true so what about those days where things don't go right how do you deal with those when it all goes a bit horribly wrong <laughs> mm, yes yeah and use my
0: own tools basically (laughs) Um, I think it's something about that stopping for a moment and I think I made some notes when you asked that question Um, I put wrote down review reflecting re-plan I think that is the way I would work is just to take a moment you know review what's actually happened sometimes it's not as bad as it actually seems usually it's to do with technology (laughs) so yeah. my laptop crashed this morning it told me i had no internet access on two potential connections which we have here even though it was all fine on my ipad <laughs> so a little bit, a little bit, okay <laughs> um so those sort of things and it's you know technology is the one thing it drives the most calm person around the bend doesn't it sometimes yes um, yeah that's
1: true
0: sometimes you know sometimes things happen or uh, you know you've lost a lost a client or lost a potential contract you've gone for all those sort of things and it's just okay what can I do differently
1: next time what can I learn from this and let it go yes yeah yeah yeah. and what about those days where you get to live more and that's where I talk about being able to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the things that you feel you have to do or you should do I'm, I'm guessing that landscape will come in here <laughs> Absolutely. yes yes so what do what do those days look like for you yeah i mean when i first stopped working
0: full-time it was quite some time i worked as a, a business coach and trainer within the organization so i was an employee as well as running my business which i loved doing and it got, brought me loads and loads of people to to interact with and deal with but it wasn't the same as being self-employed full-time so in the last four years since i've been self-employed full-time it's taken me a while to not feel guilty for going out for a walk <laughs> i should be at at my desk but actually it's where i do a lot of my best thinking but also the sort of letting go of the the stress and the worry and things so a really good day is when i've been out and connected with nature um been by the sea and got the the wind and the waves and the sunshine like it was today which is absolutely glorious and just remembering that that's okay reminding myself that's part of part of my daily practice actually i don't do it every day but when i can (laughs) makes a big difference it's a big um, it's grounding it's centering it helps me appreciate the things that really matter yeah. and then yeah, you know, other parts of the day would be connecting people whether it's talking to somebody like you or working with some clients or connecting with people online taking part in the groups i belong to my own groups and other peoples which i try and contribute to as well
3: mm-hmm. and,
0: um and also creating something whether it's a piece of writing or i still do some artwork which i i sell a bit of as well um and maybe this time of year it's about being out in the garden and you know doing some gardening it's something yeah. i feel productive and creative and sort of using my hands as well as my brain if you
3: like
1: yeah 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 lovely i'm i'm enjoying that day i quite fancy doing that myself <laughs> apart from the gardening i'm not so keen on the gardening well, I haven't with most of that I must admit I'd have been, so. I've been, just not, I've been the Edwardian lady of the parasol you know just perhaps
0: a rose once in a while
1: yeah I sit in the garden I will I was at my friends yesterday and she said that she was going to um do some gardening the fun day this is the one with the, the very small baby and I and I I said to her really she said yeah I think I might mow the lawn I was like no you need to you know rest and she said oh I might go and and uh, prune the roses so that's really good fun and I just like looked at her and I was trying really trying hard to imagine the fun <laughs> aspect of it but I couldn't and plus about that I wouldn't know what to do anyway <laughs> well, um, it's a good thing we're all different isn't it it is exactly <laughs> it, it, happens, it
3: is yeah.
0: so, I mean, the other thing I, I've done um, a small amount of is is taking people out on walks with me I have a you know VIP day sort of offering that, yeah. know, I've had two or three people come down to Cornwall for that which uh, we take them out for walks and we do work through some of the process I've felt I've using the cards and the uh, sort of compass compass point process which yeah. I've got time to explain to you now but it's, it's all on my website when people want to connect so people find that absolutely magical being out and having sort of walking, talking, coaching which you know lots of people use that as a process too Is something about being out there and moving that you're moving yeah. through the landscape and through your thoughts and through the issues that you're looking at. It's, it's a yeah. Yeah. process to do, too. So I love to be able to share that with people, whether it's in a formal way like that or simply just walking with friends and <laughs> enjoying the landscape, too. Yes, yeah,
1: yeah, lovely. Well, thank you, Mary. It's been a really interesting conversation. Uh, as we were saying before we came on, it's gone off in all different directions to, to conversations uh, in the past because we're not focusing on my questions now (laughs) we're focusing on you which i'm really enjoying so thank you so much and tell people how they can get to uh know more about you and get in contact with you yeah so my website is simply
0: dare to blossom all letters and all one word dot co dot uk and there's facebook pages dare to blossom life coaching uh, or on LinkedIn it's the Blossom as well so it's, those are the best ways to find me I'm occasionally on Twitter but not very much so <laughs> we best okay. look at those other places. Uh, <laughs> drop, you know, drop me a line say hello um, we can connect for a conversation if people just want to know more about how I work there's no expectation of anything to follow it I just love talking to people about what
2: I do lovely thank you Mary well thank you so much Jess been wonderful talking to you Attention, home-based coaches and consultants. Are you tired of feeling alone, isolated and frustrated with running your home-based coaching or consulting business? Are you sick of feeling like your life would be better and you'd be happier if you felt more organised and productive? Do you feel like there's simply not enough time in a day to get all the things done that you need to do to build a successful business while making time to live more? It's time to stop the isolation and start getting more organised, productive and focused on the skills that will move the needle forward. It's time to join the Power to Live More Calm Membership. If you're ready to, stop creating the wheel and focus on the things that truly matter in your life and business. Learn what you need to know to be successful and live more. Get accountability help from a group of like-minded home-based business owners. To learn more about the Power to Live More Calm Membership programme and apply, visit powertolivemore.com slash get calm use your power to live more